the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Dollar Car Rental Studios. It's the Dave Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. Christy Wright, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. We're taking your questions about your life and your money. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. You jump in and we will talk. Well, bad news for those of you that didn't get in on it, uh, but the Gold Planner, the 2021 Gold Planner by Christy is completely sold out, Yeah, and uh, there's not going to be any more ordered. That's it. We're done. We already placed a reorder, and those sold out. And those sold out. Yeah, we already already went that route. But the good news is the Living True Devotional is uh, 40 Days to Get Back to You is doing extremely well, hit the bestseller list, and... Uh, this thing is powerful. Yeah, this is such a pain point point for people, and it really has come so much out of not only my own experience, Dave, especially in the last six to eight years, but also um, women I've talked with all over the country, all stages of life, whether they work outside the home, inside the home, run their own business, they're a mom of littles, or they don't have kids. It doesn't matter. It's just so easy to lose yourself in your own life. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but whether it's you lose yourself in your business or trying to build your career or maybe a really difficult season where you feel like you lose your identity and just the difficulty of it all, I feel like we all go through that. And so that's why I was so excited to write this devotional because it's 40 days. So it's very... Um, easily digestible. It's not a big commitment. It's 40 days to help you reset and refocus on the truth of who you are and what God says about you um, to really help you get that sense that you've gotten back to yourself and who you were created to be. So it's been uh, a joy to see this now out in the marketplace and hear the feedback and see how God is speaking to people through this. And I'm just so grateful to get to do it. And you know, walking through the emotional and the spiritual impacts of the economic shutdown and all the career impact, the careers that have been impacted and walking through the uh, just the fear mm-hmm. that a lot of people have had over the pandemic issues. And um, it, it, it is a good year to have in our rearview mirror. Yes. Uh, and this might be a way to kind of, I don't know, step on the accelerator and make sure that 2021 is in your, or 2020 is in your rearview mirror for completely. Um, so, I mean, 40 days to get back to you. It could be that getting you're getting back to you after experiencing 2020. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is even if you are a person of faith and you say, oh, I know my identity is who I am as a child of God, we still have things in our world that we get a sense of identity from. So our work, it's like, I, this is who I am. This is what I do. And you've seen so many people lose their jobs this year and they, they, lo- they felt like they lost a piece of themselves in that difficult time. Or even something as simple as um, being social and you're always going and you're always with friends, you're always extroverted. That's a part of who you are and you didn't get to feel that experience at this year as you were, you know, maybe isolated, lonely, you know, shut down. And so there's all these things that are our sense of normal this year that were removed and we're going, okay, what's left of me? Who I am I outside yeah. of these things that I've found joy in and they weren't bad things, but it gave me a sense of who I am. And now who am I when those things are not true anymore? And so I just, I love this opportunity to dig into scripture to remind you in any season, difficult seasons or awesome seasons, um, that this is who you are and this is what God says about you. And I think it's just a great message to go into a new year with for sure. The devotional is called Living True, 40 Days to Get Back to You. You can check it out at DaveRamsey.com. We're running a $10 sale on almost all of our books there as well, so be sure and check all that. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Abigail is in Springfield, Missouri. Hi, Abigail. What's up? 
Hi, Dave. Um, not so much. How about you? Better than I deserve. How can uh, we help you? Uh, yes, sir. Um, well, me and my husband are just starting out with your program. We're baby, pre-baby step one. We're getting everything sorted out. was just wondering what kind of um, advice you would have for someone starting out um, and what you would recommend and everything. Yeah. Well, good. Congratulations. We're honored to have you in the tribe here. Um, I think what ends up happening is, is you, the first step, the first thing you end up doing is you try to figure out where you actually are. And, and that's stuff like making a list of your debts and starting to write out your first budget where you're actually going to tell your money what to do and make it behave. Um, and, you know, and then we're going to give you a clear path that we call the baby steps to walk through. And yes, you, you may have heard of that already. I've been doing a decent amount of research the last two days. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious what led to you finding Dave and the baby steps, Abigail. Kind of how'd you get to this point? Um, actually saw someone post, um, on one of the Facebook pages that I was at, her name's Julie Goheen. Um, and she was sharing her journey and how they became debt free and was talking to her and she offered to send me the starter book and everything and been watching your YouTube channel for the last day. Okay. And wow. everything just getting more and more excited about it. Well, That's cool. I'm, I'm honored, yeah. That's fun to see someone else do it. You know, you see someone else on the other side of being debt-free, you're like, oh, could I do that? You know, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe I could have that happen to me. And yeah. I think you can, Abigail. So, well, again, welcome aboard. So you're going to sit down and do your written game plan, your written budget, and you've already seen that stuff on YouTube, and lay out your debt snowball and begin to attack your debts. It's, it's imperative that you and your husband work together. Uh, all of our data, Christy, shows that, couples who work together on almost any part of their life right yeah <laughs> is um they're more effective at that part money right. parenting right. careers right. building a business or whatever i mean if uh if they're if you guys are working together it just makes all the difference in the world and yeah. that means one of you is not a spectator yeah yeah, and it's interesting, too, because I feel like that whenever you are having these conversations, you'll typically have one. One of the things that Abigail said, she said, I'm getting excited. I was like, oh, good, because the excitement motivation goes a long way. Yeah. Like, you got to, I always hear you say this, Dave, you say you got to get fired up. You got to get mad, sick and tired of being sick and tired. You can wander into debt. You cannot wander out. So emotion does play a, a piece in this. You can't be just indifferent and get out of debt. Like, you've got to right. actually care because change is hard, but it's interesting in marriage. I think a lot of times what we see is there's one person that's excited and on board and one person that is less so, less excited. And so I think what's cool is if you start having these conversations on the front end, Abigail, where you and your spouse are talking about, okay, what are our goals? What, what are our dreams? What would it look like for us to be debt-free? What could we do if we didn't have payments? And then you both start out excited together. You both start out not only communicating on the budget, but also with the enthusiasm that you both need to bring to the table to actually make the change. Yeah, because you're going you're gonna to have to bust into some stuff that's going to be hard. Yes. You're going to have to make some choices differently right. than you've ever made. And, you know, we always say you have to live like no one else so that later you can live and give like no one else. It works, but it's hard. Yeah. Uh, this process that we teach is extremely effective has a very high probability of you succeeding, uh, but only to the extent that you bust into it. Yeah. Uh, it, it is easy to understand what we teach you to do. It is hard to change your life. Right. 
and, and it's interesting. It. It's interesting too because we always say like of all the people, the millions of people that have become debt free, you know, using our program, it's amazing how none of them are going. Man, I really miss those payments. I really miss being in debt. They never look back with regret. And so, if you could see what it will feel like on the other side, it will give you that motivation and enthusiasm to push through the hard stuff initially because it is so worth it when you get there. Yeah, very good, very good. Well, you keep listening, Miss Abigail, and we're here to help you. Call anytime if we can help you on this journey. This is the Dave Ramsey Show. Free at last. It was one of the best decisions of my life. That's what Neil M. said about using Timeshare Exit Team to get out of his timeshare after the resort refused to let him out. Listen, I've said it before. If you've tried selling your timeshare and can't, if the resort refuses to take it back, call Timeshare Exit Team, the people I trust. Call 844-999-EXIT or timeshareexitteam.com. Christy Wright, Ramsey, personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Lindsay's in Portland, Oregon. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? Hi. Hi, Dave and Christy. Hi. What's going on? So, um, we are wondering, we have about $20,000 extra, um, and we're trying to decide if we should use that to pay down our current mortgage or if we should put it towards money for a future house to do a down payment. Uh, pay down the current mortgage. But then I have to sell contingent or buy contingent. Yep. And in our market, you have to go in like, that's really risky. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have to do it today anyway. So by the time you do it, it might not be that way. Mm. That that has to do okay. with the hot uh, with the market being hot. If the market's slow, it's not a problem at all. So they, you, you know you're gonna have to sell your house anyway before you buy a house. You have to sell contingent anyway. No, not if I. Yeah, I don't want you keeping no. two stinking house payments. That's unwise. Okay, that's unwise. So you got to get rid of the house anyway. So, and you're gonna get your money back. Obviously, they yeah. give you the so money when we you were just thinking that. You know, buy where we're moving, move out, sell the house, roll that into the new house. Yeah, that ends up that ends up with two house payments if this plan of yours doesn't work. Okay. Yeah, and I would never tell you to sign up for two house payments. Nope, not a chance. So, um, and I, you know, six months later, you're still cranking two house payments. Oh, now we're going to rent it. Oh God, now we really got a disaster. So, no. Nope, 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 nope. You got to get it sold. It has to work that way anyway. You do whatever you want to do. Obviously, you're going to, but the uh, but I wouldn't tell you to do that, and I personally wouldn't do that. Um, I, you know, you've got to be able to get the. You just can't sign up for two house payments to kill you, <laughs> Christy. The number of times we've run into problems with people people that are in here in serious financial problems because they did that. Yeah, and so it's just made me super leery over the years. Paul is with us. Paul is in Jacksonville, Florida. Hi, Paul. How are you? 
Hey, Dave. How are you? Uh, very exciting to uh, finally be talking to you. You too. How can um, we help? Uh, well, here's the thing. So I am four months away from being debt-free, and um, I have zero. I'm fi- well, I'm 55 years old, and I have zero for retirement. Uh, I, I come out of a bad uh, divorce and had to pay a lot of debt and so, but I'm four months away. And my question is, is, uh, what's the best thing for me to do? I mean, to invest money, to do, I I have no idea. Okay. Uh, well, what we're going to teach you to do is to be debt free. Then your next goal is to have your emergency fund of three to six months of expenses. Right. Mm -hmm. And then once you've done that, you start investing 15% of your income into retirement. Do you own a home? Uh, no, I do not. Okay. Are you planning on buying a home? Well, it's kind of a funny thing. Uh, I, I, I got remarried and the woman, uh, the, the love of my life, uh, who I got married to, uh, she owns her home. So, uh, that's where I am. Okay. Well, we, we are married, and we have a paid-for house. Right. right. Okay, cool. Uh, that's, a, is, that's a pretty good deal you got there. <laughs> well, right. Well, it's, no, it's, not, it's, it's not as cut and dry as, as that, but... Uh, well, well, let me... Uh, have y'all combined your finances, Paul? Because you're using a lot of her and I statements here, like we got separate things going uh, on. N- uh, no, ma'am. No, okay. ma'am. Um, uh, she was married before, and uh, obviously I was married before, and when we went into the relationship, uh, she wanted a prenup, so that's what we did, or that's what I did. And um, That does not prohibit you from working together to live your dreams. Yes, sir. A prenup does uh, not make you roommates. Well, and that is the word that I used with her one time. We had gotten into a discussion of that, and um, she uh, she has it in her head that um, she wants to keep it this way, and because she said there's no upside for me if you know we combine everything, and because she uh, I'm self-employed. And she uh, she makes a lot more money than I do. Hmm. Okay, um, yeah. I I think you're uh, I think you're going to struggle to build wealth. Yes, yeah, sir. I, I, because yeah, sir. The, we're not working together is essential. It's one of the data points that we see with families that become wealthy is they work together, and they overcome and they that. over I they overcome that. the wounds and the hurts of the past in order to do that. And um, you're either going to, you know, it's up to you. You can do it or not do it. But I'm just telling you that everything we know about what we do says that couples that work together have a much higher probability of living their dreams because they are sharing their dreams. And this is not just financial. Like, I mean, I hear it in his voice, Dave. Like, this is, whether it's because she's been hurt from her past marriage and she wants to protect herself in this new one, but, but there is some distrust not even just at the financial level that is, I think, playing out in the finances. And to me, that's worth digging into, Paul, with a counselor or however you guys want to go about it. It's not just about the numbers and who manages which account and who has savings or paid for house. It's like, if y'all can't be a team, 
in a marriage, that's a bigger problem than having separate bank accounts. I just, I would say, aside from the obvious financial benefit that Dave has already talked about, I would dig into that because even hearing it in your voice, it sounds a lot of like her and me and we're very separate type of language. And that's, yeah. that's a little bit uh, concerning to me. Yeah. It's, um, but, but aside from that, the answer to your overall question is you start investing as, since you don't have a house payment and I'm guessing that you're not having to support kids in college or you would have mentioned that then you're down to all you can you're, you're most you have taken the shortest path to building your own nest egg uh which is to become debt free and so normally we would put you at baby step four after this but I, you don't have a house payment so really you're at baby step seven and so once you get your emergency fund in place you're going to max out all retirement that you can get your hands on max out a roth ira with a smart vester pro max out your 401k at work or you said you're self-employed you look at a 40 uh, a simple ira there or a sep depending on your situation smart vester pro can help you with both of those so depending on your income you can really chunk a bunch of money away quickly and uh, you'd be amazed how big a nest egg in 10 years from 55 to 65 that you can build uh, now that you don't have any payments and you can focus on that and concentrate on that. It will be uh, it will be much more efficient and have a higher probability of winning if you'll go ahead and deal with the issues in the relationship as well that Christy's talking about. Just, again, we, we do not see people uh, winning at this. So let me just back up, folks, from this, because it feels like I've done this twice already in this hour. Um, haven't I? <laughs> similar, similar yeah, question. It feels yeah. like that. Um, when we studied the millionaires, over 10,000 of them, and we did in-depth research and surveying and questioning of them, uh, one of the things that came out of that, a lot of things that came out of that were not a surprise. And this was not a surprise. But what was a surprise was the how high the percentages were of spouses working together, sharing the dream. One of them's not dragging the other one along. One of them's not, uh, you know, you're not treating their household separately. Uh, you know, we work together. We achieve our goals together. We set big dreams. We both dream. We both fight to get there. And that, that unity, the power of that unity uh, was apparent in the in, in very high percentages yeah. in the number of millionaires that we researched, over 10,000 of them. Yeah. And so it's not like the the data is inconclusive. It's conclusive. Right. You know, and so you can you do it without working with your spouse? Yeah, you can do it. But you're, you know, 80% of the people that make it don't, 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 they work together. Right. And so it just, it, and they, and they credit their spouse as one of the reasons that they are able to get the thing done. This is the Dave Ramsey Show. Everyone wants to keep their home and family safe, whether it's from a break in, a fire, flooding, or a medical emergency, Simply Safe Security delivers award-winning 24-7 protection. With Simply Safe, you don't just get an arsenal of cameras and sensors, you get the best professional monitors in the business. Right now, visit simplysafedirect.com and get a free security camera plus a 60-day risk-free trial with any new system order.
Christy Wright, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. John is with us in Dallas, Texas. Hey, John, welcome to the Dave Ramsey Show. Hey, guys, how are you doing today? Great. How can we help? Hey, um, had a question just regarding a career change I'm considering. So my wife and I are currently working through the baby steps. Um, we're almost paid through all of our debt. We will be by next month. So we're really excited about that and uh, appreciate you guys on what you teach. Um, my question is, though, you know, the company I'm working at right now, I, I make really good money, really happy with it. But about a third of the income that I get from the job is in the form of stock grants or restricted stock units. Mm-hmm. Um the stock is doing well. We're, we're performing well. We're in a, a stable industry. Um, but, you know, the base salary is lower, and, and I'm currently considering another position at another company, also a great opportunity. Um, it would it would technically, next over the next two years, maybe pay a little bit less, but it would be a much, much higher base um, and commission package. You just wouldn't have that the stock that comes with it. Um, so I just was just wondering, you know, wanting your guidance on, you know, how, how you'd help someone determine maybe which path to go down from a financial perspective. How long is the stock restricted? Um, so it's going to be vesting over the next three and a half years. Um, and I get to cash it out every quarter. Um, so it's, it's a one sixteenth cash out every quarter, um, for the next three and a half years. So, um, it, it's going to be about, it's going to be netting around $10,000 every quarter after taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, really what is nice, your what is your income now, counting the stock? Counting the stock, it, as long as it stays where it's at next year, my income will be around two hundred thousand. And what would your income be at the other place? Uh, about one sixty to one seventy. What field um, are you? What eight, field are you in? Software sales. Okay. All right. Ten years from now, you're ten years older. Your kids are ten years older. Which one are you glad you did? Probably the new company I'm considering. Why? I think there's um there's more career mobility. It's it's a bit of an early earlier stage company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think um, I have the opportunity to advance faster. Um, you know, and I, and I think that the company I'm at now, I, I, I don't like the idea of so much of my income. You know, it's about a third of my income is yeah. rested on a single stock doing well. Yeah, agreed. A lot of risk there. And, and the, yeah. the other thing is you're in sales. And so if you add value, you're going to add income. Right? That's true. So, I yeah. mean, I, I would talk to the new company and just say, look, I'm, I'm struggling with this. And show me how... What what I can do to add enough value to get my income to two hundred with you? What have I got to do to cause that to happen? Okay. And and if Make they sense. if they give you some you know they get, just show me a path at how I can add so much value that you are smiling when you're paying me two hundred. <laughs> right. I like that. Because yeah. I mean, if you okay. bring it, you know, if you work for me and you bring in a whole bunch more money and I share some of it with you, that's not a, there's no downside to this equation. Yeah, that's true. And so, you know, you you can control your destiny. So, yeah, I think you've answered your own question. You take this job, but you just work work for a clear path rather than a vague sense of, I think I can get my income up. Have them give you some structure on how you can do it. And that's not really a salary negotiation. It's just how can I add enough value 
And then, you know, what have I got to do? And it's, well, if you do, you know, if you do a good job, we'll take care of you. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about <laughs> tactically, specifically, what kind of numbers do I need to generate so that I generate $200,000 in income for me? And what kind of, what, what have I got to do that's good for you guys that makes you really happy about that? And, and um, I don't know, Christy, what can you add to that? Well, I think what, one of the points that you made is really good because a lot of people go into salary negotiations with, I want X or I need X yeah. or I deserve X yeah. and nobody really cares. What they care about is what you're going to do for them. Yeah. What are you going to do for the company? And so when you come in and say, hey, what can I do? It's again, it's a personal responsibility angle. What can I do? to get to this for me and for you. And I love that angle because every leader of any organization is going, oh, okay, they're a go-getter. They get re- personal responsibility. They're taking initiative. And what's cool is then in this initial conversation, John, like at, uh, setting the foundation for a potential relationship with this company, you're letting them know where you want to be and where you're working toward. It's not like you worked there for three years, wish you made 200000 You're going, well, I wish, wish I would have gotten there. They're like, we didn't know. You set this plan and this path from the get-go and then you're both working toward it together and you make that intent very clear but from the right posture yeah the reason i'm taking this is i think this is a wonderful company and i think it's got a tremendous upside potential i want that to be a little less vague yeah if i and so this is you talking to them and so what i want to do is i want to know that i can add value to this place beyond the deal we're talking about that i can be more valuable than that to you and that i've you know i've sold more stuff i've executed whatever i've led a created team, relationships yeah. i've led a team what is it that i need to do to be valuable mm-hmm. to the organization to that level to the two hundred thousand dollar level and they'll tell you they'll tell you and then then it's not a matter of oh they promised me after six months i'd be so and so right no they promised me when i did this now did you do it right. if you did it then they're then you're going to get the money unless they've not got integrity yeah so that that's the whole thing great 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 stuff yeah take that job uh garrett's in alexandria virginia hi garrett welcome to the dave ramsey show hey dave thanks for taking my call sure what's up so i just finished college last may and i recently started my new job and it's currently time to enroll for next year's benefits. Um, I'm currently on baby step number four, and I'm calling specifically about life insurance. Mm -hmm. Um, My company offers a group universal policy for Mm -hmm. up to 10 times my income for about $22 a month. No. Um, I'll be getting – sorry? No, (laughs) you don't buy universal life policies. All right. Well, uh, so let me help you. Remind remind us why. Yeah, I I was going to say. Now now let me tell you why. Okay, so that you don't just do. You don't have to do what Dave Ramsey says. But here's the thing: they have built into them an investment side of it that you're paying extra to get. The investment portion of this sucks. The other thing that's built into a universal policy is the life insurance side is what's called an ART, an annual renewable term. And what that means is the portion of your dollars that are going to life insurance goes up every year as you get older. So if you buy a life insurance policy that is what we would call pure life insurance, an ART, an annual renewable term, no one does that in the financial planning world anymore, but they still sell them out there. That's purely this is what this is what it costs to cover you at 32. This is what it costs to cover you at 33. This is what it costs to cover you at 34. This is what it costs because it does cost more to cover you because you're older and you're more likely to die statistically. Actuarial tables. And they're going to up. So out of your $22, X is going to life insurance and Y is going to a bad investment. Next year, 
X is that's going to life insurance is larger. So less is going to the investments to the point that if this is your whole plan someday, the entire $22 will be absorbed by just the life insurance cost, and there'll be nothing going to the investment. And then it gets worse than that. It starts taking out of the investment to cover the fact that you're even short later. And that's if you keep it years and years and years and years and years, which you probably wouldn't do. It's a group plan. It's a piece of crap. Don't buy it. Go get life insurance. Get 15 to 20-year level term Life insurance is the cheapest way to handle your life insurance needs. And when you leave your company, if you've had a medical problem, you won't have trouble getting insurance because you already have insurance. And so you need to you just avoid that stuff. So go to xanderinsurance.com, go to get a quick, easy quote, and um, you, you'll just do a whole lot better there. So, Christy, two problems with that equation. Number one, the... Universal Life product is a bad product, and I explain why. Number two, you got all your insurance at work. Yeah. And if you get diabetes or have a heart problem or a cancer scare and you leave work, you cannot take it. It's not portable. It does not go with you. And now you're uninsurable when you leave. You can't get, at your new job, you can't get insurance. Yeah. So you always want your insurance, or at least a larger portion of your insurance, to be independent of work. Right, Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Linda is in Los Angeles. Hi, Linda. Welcome to the Dave Ramsey Show. Hi. It's actually very funny. I just bumped into your channel for the first time on YouTube, and I'm hearing people ask for advice, so I really need some major advice. I'm going almost going through a divorce and because of financial issues. Mm. Um, bottom line is I was a single mom with two boys before I remarried, um, as a single mom, I was scared to lose my kids to the streets, so I made them a promise and told them that if they went to college full-time, as long as God blessed me with health and employment, I would financially take care of them while they completed school. So they kept their end of the deal. They got accepted into really great schools, and I wanted to, as their mom, to keep my end of the deal. Problem is, I got remarried, and my husband's completely against me helping them financially. They're now 22 I'm sorry, 24 and 21. One has one semester left at UCLA. I'm sorry, at TCU. The next one has a year left at UCLA. So have you supported um, them all this time? I have. Okay, good. And he doesn't want, he doesn't, they're, and they're almost done, and he's, he's objecting to you finishing the support? 100%. He Why? will not contribute financially to our family because he's upset that I contribute towards my children. But just the main point that I was calling about was, I don't ask him for anything. I pay for everything for my children. He's never had to contribute anything towards their school, towards any of their expenses. But his frame of thinking is, I'm not going to contribute to the family if you're contributing to your children that are already over 20. You need to cut the string and they need to fly on their own. But I told him I made this promise and I just really want to finish it for them. So he was like, it's, it's the kids or our marriage. So I'm just 
we're literally, he just moved out a few months ago and I'm just, I'm just literally torn because I don't know what to do, but I, I mean, I do know what to do. I want to continue helping my children. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Linda, I'm just, I'm really sorry you're in this situation. It hurts. Yeah. I, and, um, so am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, what you're I'm not, you're not wrong. I am. No, you're not wrong. No. And he tells me all the time cause I'm a Christian woman and he t- t- tells me this all the time. You're Christian, and you need to submit to your husband. And if I don't approve of it, um, you need to respect me. Let me help you. Let me help you with this, okay? If your husband's doing cocaine and wants you to pay for it, and he says you're supposed to submit to me, then that's not what the Bible's talking about, okay? So submit does not mean endorsing misbehavior, okay? That's not what it means uh, at all. And so. uh, he probably needs to get a little better Bible study going because he didn't understand that concept. But um, and he probably needs to get the idea that you're supposed to like serve each other. Now, what I'm interested in, and number one, let me just tell you, I don't think this is going to go well with what you've described. I think you're, I think, I think you're on the path of your marriage ending. And let me help you. It is not because you supported your children, okay? Your marriage is ending because it was not built on mutual respect and agreement. Your marriage is ending because you had made a deal prior to getting married. He knew about that deal, and then after getting married, was not okay with it and tried to change it. And punished you for it. And punished you for it. So your marriage is not ending because you're supporting your kids. He's framing the narrative that way to try to box you into your choosing between me and them. But that's not what's happening at all. That's not it, that's not it at all. It, it, this has to do with him not getting his little way, and that's what's going on. It's incredibly manipulative as well, yes. Linda. It's, oh, it's like, like to beyond say, belief. To, to say that you have to choose between your, a supporting an adult child or me is incredibly that you knew manip- about before you got married. Yeah, he, he he is the one that is spinning up this narrative and put you in this position that is not actually what's going on, and he put you in this position. You so, did not put yourself in this position. So uh, if you're my little sister, Linda, I would here's what I would tell you to do. I would tell you to be sure you are seeing a marriage counselor, and if he wants to go, that it would be great. You can have a mediator to try to help you guys learn through how how to communicate and how to um, work and navigate through things we disagree on, okay? Um, And if he won't go, you should go anyway because you need someone in your corner reminding you that you're not crazy and you're not wrong, okay? Okay. And uh, if you're not in a good church, get in one, and you need to get in touch with the church staff and sit with a pastor and tell them what's going on. So you've got people praying for you that love you well and, and that are explaining that submission does not mean endorsing misbehavior or endorsing bad concepts. Uh, you know, I, I've been married 38 years as a believer, as a person of faith, and uh, I have never one time told my wife she needed to do something because that I wanted her to do because she was supposed to submit. I don't have to. It doesn't come up. Um, and so, because we're in agreement, we're communicating, we're navigating the decision-making together, 
and she knows I have her best interest at heart. We don't know that about your husband. He does not seem to have your best interest at heart. He seems to be selfish with the story you've told anyway. So, no, you're not crazy, darling. You're just going through hell. And uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it hurts, and it hurts to be torn between, uh, to, to be put in a position that you feel like you're torn between two different competing relationships. And that's not fair. And it, it's wrong. Uh, especially, there's no way he doesn't know this deal happened prior. <laughs> you know, he didn't come into this blind. No. So, uh, that's so hard, hurtful. So hard. Here's what I will tell you guys out there. Uh, it seems like we've had a little bit of a marriage uh, hour Theme here. today, yep. Uh, Christy, we have experienced this. That, uh, you know, I use Proverbs 31 a lot. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, and he will have no lack of gain. Now, for you ladies, that means virtuous. It does not give you permission to be the Holy Spirit. That's not your job. Uh, you're virtuous, and you're kind, and you're thoughtful, and you're, you're smart, and you're entrepreneurial, and you're energetic, and you're adding value to the conversation. And when Sharon Ramsey does that, because she has done that for 38 years, is one of the reasons we're so vastly freaking successful here, is that that, that pulling together that thing, mm-hmm. that unity mm-hmm. thing, and um, to discount the voice of either spouse is just it's uh it's so destructive it does not work and it does not cause success yeah and and it's amazing too how i feel like there's like what i hear in some of those conversations from linda it's like he wants to be respected he wants to be submitted to whatever but he's not taking actions that are worthy of respect or submission and anytime any man throws around you need to submit to me because the bible says that's a red flag right there can i just say that because the men that you want to follow are not men that are throwing that around and it's not the way that you love and lead in a marriage using that kind of language punishing your wife i'm not going to contribute to the family financially because you're doing something i don't like okay there's and so I think that one of the things that even just as we're kind of talking about this and it applies to lots of marriages, not just the unity piece and the communication piece, but the respect piece, respecting that other person's voice, respecting their values, being willing to lean into the conflict and have the conversation until you can get on the same page versus I'm just going to do we, whatever I want we to. We don't make decisions at the Ramseys of size mm-hmm. without being in agreement. Mm-hmm. And right at this moment, we have a decision that she, she and I are not in agreement on. And so when we're not in agreement, what we do is nothing. That's right. You know, the other person's not going to be like, well, too bad. See you later. I'm just going to go do what I want to. That's it, it's such a healthy thing to sit in that because yep. it shows the person, I love you enough to work through this with you because I want to do it with you yep. right then I'm, not with you. I'm going to wait on you to catch up. <laughs> yeah, <but> please. <laughs> I want you to see my side, please. <laughs> but we just, you know, if, if there's a charity and mm-hmm. uh, a ministry we're going to give to, one of us doesn't feel good about it, we don't mm-hmm. until we do enough research or get more options and both of us either don't feel good about it then or both of us start to feel good about it and then we can move forward but we have to have agreement to move forward on major financial decisions when you don't you're going to struggle financially yeah good hour christy well done thanks for having me james childs and kelly in the booth well done this is the dave ramsey show
have a friend or family member that needs a daily dose of Ramsey advice in their life? Let them know about the Ramsey Call of the Day podcast. It's a quick hit of advice about life and money in under 10 minutes. Check out the Ramsey Call of the Day podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Money isn't the only thing we talk about around here. Get life-changing advice on your career from my good friend and career expert, Ken Coleman on the Ken Coleman Show. According to a recent Gallup poll, nearly 70% of Americans are disengaged at work. If you dread going into work every Monday morning and you're just trying to make it to the weekend, the Ken Coleman Show is for you. Everyone has a sweet spot. Your sweet spot is at the intersection of your greatest talent and greatest passion. We will help you discover what it is you were born to do and then we'll help you create a plan to make your dream job a reality. You matter, and you have what it takes. Join the conversation on The Ken Coleman Show. Hear more from the Ramsey Network, including The Ken Coleman Show, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Dave Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you've heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.